You are listening to Central Valley Hustlers, the podcast where business owners share their advice and experience to help aspiring entrepreneurs make their dreams a reality. Uh, welcome to Central Valley Hustlers. My name is Jose Fosto. I'll be interviewing today Linda Thurman, uh, owner of The Nested Owl. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for having me here today. You're welcome, Jose. Um, as I've mentioned, Central Valley Hustlers is a series of conversations between myself and business owners here in the area, um, really focusing on maybe some of the challenges that they had to face as they were preparing to open up their business, um, but also some of the challenges that they had to go through um, when those doors were already open. Um, so to begin, just a little bit, can you tell me a little bit of uh, what the nested owl is um, and what it represents here in Manteca or what it does? Well, I started 12 years ago with a dream and I always knew I wanted to have a business. I just didn't know what kind of business, but was, I was always helping people decorate their homes. Mm-hmm. I was always decorating and painting and doing different things. And then one day my husband said, why don't you just start a business? Well, it's my third business. Mm-hmm. I used to have a commercial cleaning service called JNL Thurman Janitorial Cleaning. And I did that for 12 years and that was a, a success and we were doing really good. Then my husband had a heart attack mm-hmm. and he was working a full-time job and helping me with stores cleaning and I did houses as well. And and uh, we just got, it was a lot of work. We were real tired and pastoring a church. So it's just mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. So we, I felt God tell me at that time to let the businesses go and just trust him. So we didn't have a business, just his work. And I stood home and helping with the church and many ministries. And so then um, 12 years ago, I was on a fast at our church and the Lord told me, I'm going to give you a new business. And But when I was 18 years old, a prophet prophesied over me and told me, you're going to have a business. And I see two streets. I see Central, Center and Main Street. Mm. And you're going to be in around that area. But I don't know what type of business, but you will be in business. I'm 60 years old now. And that was when I was 18. So we have two cross streets here in the center and Main Street. And I just realized that last year that God had reminded me, I kept my promise with you. Uh And so 12 years ago, I'm in this fast and he says, I'm gonna give you a business. And all I heard was the key word prepare. And me being a teacher of the word, I know what that means. Start preparing for the dream or the vision or what the goal or whatever, always prepare ahead of time. So I said, okay, what's the best way for me to prepare? And I said, okay, I like beautiful things. I like to decorate. Usually your business is your passion. And so my passion is to have nice things and put them in a home. So I started to buy things for 12 years and I got two storages and I started to store. I would buy furniture at estate sales. People would give me things. I refurbished them and I put them away. And my husband never knew. (laughs) I just kept buying because I knew if I would have told him, probably would have been too much for a man, you know? You're doing all that spending, right? So I would pay off a bill or save it, or I would cut my groceries and I go buy stuff and put it away. And so that's how I started to prepare for 12 years. Then I started to be a vendor in different shops to learn the trade. And I would ask different um, women how they were running their shops. One taught me how to stack, you know, stack my stuff in small places. I had places way smaller than this. Uh They showed me how to um, decorate and and how to mix things and colors. And so I just started learning and writing a lot of notes and praying, of course, as always. And then in 2000, uh, two years, 
three years ago, I went on another fast, a Daniel fast, and God said, I'm going to give you your building this year. And I said, okay, Lord, that was in January. Here it is, December 26. I had five buildings all year long, and for some reason, I would lose them. So I was a little disappointed, but I wasn't lacking faith. So on the 26th, I was on my face praying, and I was crying out to God, and I said, you promised me a building and I'm not going to doubt you. There's a few more days left before the year's up. In the meantime, there's a little store around the corner called Redesign. Virginia Pina was the owner of that little store. God wakes her up and tells her, go tell your pastor about the building that's going to be around the corner available. She knew this building was going to be available and it was the diet center before. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't want to. She fought God for three days. She wanted the building because she was only half this size. And so God said, I have other plans for you. So she came to church and she goes, I don't want to tell you, but I'm going to be obedient. So she told me, she goes, I know you're going to get it. So I came and I talked to the owner. He was here. He goes, I haven't even posted it yet. How? Who knew I was? Mm-hmm. And I go, the word's wow. out. Mm-hmm. So I told George Perry my vision. And he's listening and he's, I know he's thinking she's not going to get much in this building, but he didn't know I knew how to stack and set up things. And yeah, so yeah. my husband came after, he goes, there's no way you're going to get anything in this building. And I, I knew, I had the vision, I knew. The moment I walked into this, it was a mess in here. Mm-hmm. The moment I walked in here, I knew what I was going to do. I knew the color, I knew, because I had seen it already. A visionary person will see before it's time. It's in your heart. It's a passion. You've weeped over it. You prayed over it. You've had faith for it. You've gone the long haul. Because one thing I know as a teacher of the word, God only shows you the beginning of a dream and he only shows you the end. But he never shows you the middle of the hallway, which you have to go through to get to the end. He only shows you the end. So when you're in the storm of waiting and frustration and error, you know, you're you're saying, Lord, when? It's going to keep you going because you've already seen the end. You know it's going to be good. And I always do, I tell them this concept. It's like McDonald's. If you go up to McDonald's and you order a special order, okay, I want a double cheese and I don't want this and I want this kind of spread. It went through the microphone, but you can't see the cooks who are preparing special order for you. But what do you do from the moment you order to the next window? What do you have to do? Usually you have to wait a little bit. Mm -hmm. So as you're driving and you're waiting, look at life that way. You're waiting. And then when you come to the first window, what do you got to do? You got to pay for it. It's Mm -hmm. costing you something. So you pay for that special order. And what's the next thing you do to the next window? It's another longer wait. Well, that's what life is. That's what a dream is. Education, achieving your bachelor, all anything that you do in life, it's going to cost you and it's going to prepare and you got to wait for it and you got to work towards it. And you got to, you got to have a lot of faith. You got to have a dream and you got to be flexible and adaptable Mm -hmm. to different things that happen in life. So I went to the next window. What do they tell you? Because I have a special order. Can you pull over to the side now? Because it's going to come out. It's a special order. So you got to wait a little bit longer, but you know, it's going to be good because it's (laughs) a special order. It, you ordered it, it cost you, you waited, you waited some more, now here it comes and you can feel the time coming. You can feel that hamburger is gonna be, that taste is gonna be so delicious, gonna be right on. <laughs> so you'll wait a little bit longer and they yeah. bring it to you. It's worth the wait, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how this store was. It was worth the wait. 
but everything that could go wrong went wrong a week before my opening day. I had trials after trials. Every time there's going to be an impact in someone's life, there's always going to be an opposition and get ready for it. But you got to have a mindset of, of adaptability. You got to be able to be flexible and maneuver your way through stuff in life and have a lot of faith. A quick note to understand the following story. I showed up a couple of minutes before the store was set to close and there were a couple of customers I was able to see as I was getting ready for an interview. I tell people like this, always late, I, like before you came, not this lady, but another customer, she was a negative complaining person. Mm-hmm. And she was talking bad over our city and this customer was laughing because I tried to keep turning that ship around. You know, every time she yeah. says something negative, I said something positive because Matthew 12, 33 to 36 says, our words will bring life or death. So I speak life. Even when the situation looks bad, I speak life because God will turn that ship around. He'll turn that situation around. And that's how I walk in this store. If I keep walking right and speaking God's word and praying and having faith, and people will say that, you don't need to be religious in the business. No, I'm not religious, but I'm a child of a king. And he's a royal priesthood, so that makes me royal priesthood. So I speak like a royal priesthood child, and I speak life over my situation. And I tell that to everybody that I see. God is a working miracle God. I'm the proof of it. 12 years of praying, 18 years old telling me that I'm going to have this and it comes to pass. Yes, I have faith and I teach faith and I walk faith. But I'm not only here to build myself. I'm here. I have a concept here. I'm here to help other women, especially single moms, women that have a dream to build a business, but they can't afford a building. Mm-hmm. They don't have the money. I don't have a lot of money either, but I got a building and that's all I need. And I invite women to come in here, bring your merchandise, your product here, and let's sell together. Bring it in and I'll make a very little commission on your product, but all I ask is that you blow up my name and tell them, come here to the Nesedal and buy my merchandise. On their social networks. And, yes, mm-hmm. and, I, and I do the same for them. Why can't we all grow? I believe I could be a star by myself if I work towards that. Mm-hmm. And I will become one. But I think how more powerful if there's a whole bunch of stars in the same net. Mm, interesting, yeah. Right? If we can all be stars and blow up together. You know, this street right here, Maple, is one of our most popular streets for business. I pray for all the merchants on this street every day. I don't want to be the only one doing good. I pray for all of them to do good. Because mm-hmm. if we can stay together and then invite new people to come in, I'm always praying for new businesses to start. It's not about competition. It could be that, but I'm all about community. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things that represents Manteca. Yes, family-friendly city, right? Yeah, right, the family city. Yes. It's, it's what it's labeled as, and everybody sees it as. And I think recently we've seen the community, you know, bond together for different events and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting you mentioned that because in, in, a, in a way, you're the living proof of that, of mm-hmm. that Manteca resident who is willing to, you know, do their part for the community yes. and work with the community. Yes. So it's interesting. And I want to be a teacher. My Really, my dream is to teach. 
to help and teach and develop people that they can um, have their own business on a low budget and a lot of faith. Yeah. You know, I'm always teaching myself. You got to be teachable. How do you, so you mentioned you wanted to be a teacher and to help people, um, especially with the financing of business, right? I mean, when you don't have a lot. Um, and I think, and from my conversations that I've had recently is, that is probably one of the biggest issues that any person who wants to start a business is going through or is scared of, is that big risk, that financial risk of, you know, you can put a, a lot of your net worth into a business and not knowing whether or not it's gonna succeed. How do you yourself then um, teach that to people? How do you, how, what would be your suggestions or advice to that? Well, first of all, like I said, the key is prayer mm -hmm. and hearing the voice of God, hearing that inner voice in your heart. It's not a big, loud boom or anything. It's a very small voice, something that keeps showing you the same thing over and over. That's the number one key. And then from that point, hearing that voice and start, I call it crazy faith, taking a step of faith, because if it is God that you're hearing, then doors are going to slowly start to open in direction. Because if it ain't God, I put it this way, I don't think, I. not all people believe there's an enemy out there, Satan. Mm -hmm. But I believe that Satan's not going to give us good things to help other people. Mm -hmm. He's going to try to destroy us. So anything good to help people, I know that's the voice of God. And so he knows my heart. I'm a teacher now. I teach the word. I'm a preacher and I'm a teacher. So he added that call of my life, but now he's adding another aspect of my life, and that's business. Because God wants to be the God in the marketplace as well. Mike, to your question is this. I think prayer's the key. I think the leap of faith is your next. Your passion has to come in, and then your obedience. Do you have enough faith that will give you the leap to start the process? Because most people step back because they're afraid, they're unsure. And it's okay to fail because good failure is good as long as you don't stay down. Linda's advice is that to learn from failure. Failure is okay. Just don't let that bring you down or to stop you from what you're trying to pursue. And Linda really embodies this. A couple of days before her store opened up, she had a challenge and she shares with us how she overcame that. You know how I stay in control? How? If I'm spirit led. The Bible says not by flesh, but by my spirit. If I pray in the morning and I stay in spirit and I put on the armor of Christ and when the enemy wants to come in and lure me into an argument or something, I don't engage. But in my mind, as they're cussing at me, screaming at me, because it has happened in two and a half years here, I've gone oh, yeah, there. <laughs> the enemy, especially the week I was going to open, there was a, they were fighting with me out there, and I knew it was the enemy because I was about to open opposition, right? The whole time I'm thinking, Lord, keep me right. Keep my spirit right. I'm really not even focusing on them. I'm just praying in my mind. I look like I'm looking, but I'm praying the whole time. Don't let me bear arms. Yeah. Keep my arms down. Keep my face right. Keep my spirit right. My heart. God, this will pass. This will pass. Don't put, Proverbs says, don't put no wood in the fire. <laughs> if I don't put no wood in the fire, it'll fizzle out, right? Yeah. That's wisdom. 
it, it seems, you know, from our conversation so far, it's um, your faith and your business go hand in hand. Yes. And that's that's how you, um, I wouldn't say manage, but, you know, it's how the, the way you, uh, you look at the decisions that you're making. Um, and so one of the common questions that I ask um, business owners is, you know, what is that? What, what, what for you was the biggest, um, not resource, but support from uh, anything that, you know, you, you looked at when you were struggling through these things? And it seems it, for you, it might have been your faith. Yes. Would you agree? Or You see this sign right here? Mm-hmm. I'm not lucky. You have no idea how much I prayed. You know, I've been in the magazine. I got an award. All this in the last three months. I was on TV, and people must be thinking, gosh, she's making all kinds of money. But I'm only two and a half years. It takes time to build. Everything takes time to build. I don't care how good you are. It's the process of God. Mm -hmm. He wants us to learn things well and not take things for granted. And he wants us to put things in perspective in him first. If I always put him on it first, I talk to God before I make decisions. I even talk to God before I talk to you. I say, God, do you want me to do this interview? See, I have a conversation with my God and I hear him in my heart. Only those that spend time with him will know his voice. It's like my husband. I have a relationship with him. We conversate, we make love, we're friends, we make decisions together, we build together, we have a family, we do church together. I have five pastors in my house. We pray together. So we do a lot of interacting with our God. So I know his voice, but if I don't spend no time with him, I don't pray, I don't read my Bible, I'm not going to know what I'm doing. And that's when people get in trouble because they feel they can do anything and everything without him. I feel sorry for that kind of thinking Mm -hmm. because when darkness comes, who do you lean on? Because what if your family's not right? How are you going to lean on them? What if your friends aren't right? How are you going to help lean on them? And people say, well, how can you lean on something that's not tangible? You can't see God. But I know he's real because I'm going to tell you one thing about me. I use it in my testimony when I preach. You're looking at a woman at 18 years old who, I mean, at 28, who became a crackhead, a heroin addict for two years, an alcoholic who went down to 97 pounds because a husband left her after 12 years. My God was my husband, but I was saved at 18. I was in church when my husband left me, but I took my eyes, like Peter took his eyes off God and he began to sink when God told him to walk on the water. Don't look to the right or to the left, Peter, stay focused, look at me. But when he saw the big storm coming, he got scared and he began to sink. Well, that's what I did. I took my eyes off God. And for two years, I was sinking. I was dying. I had nine attempts of suicide. But because I come from a long line of praying women, praying grandmothers and mother and fathers and grandfathers and a whole slew of relatives that are Christians and they pray and they go to, they prayed for me. Nine attempts of suicide and God kept saving me. Mm-hmm. But when I was 18 years old, the prophet told me, you're going to have a business. You're going to go to nations. You're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to be married to a pastor. The whole time I thought my first husband was my pastor that I was married to. 
But the Bible says if the unbeliever chooses not to be with you, let him go. He didn't want to be married to me. He didn't love me anymore. He found somebody else. And he left and I fell apart. I took my eyes off God and I sank. But one day I was on the last attempt, they're pumping out my stomach and a little black nurse came in named Nancy. And she's coming in, she's going around my bed and she's tucking my bed. And she's singing, I surrender all. I used to sing that in the beginning years. And all of a sudden I could feel God come in that room. I hadn't talked to him for two years. Mm-hmm. And she caught my eye and she said, you know what's wrong with you, honey? You have a broken heart. It's time to come home to the Father who mends the broken heart. She goes, you want Jesus to come back in your heart? I just went, "Mm mm-hmm. She jumped on my bed and she said a prayer with me. And I cried and I cried for a half hour in her arms and she led me to the Lord and then she was gone. So I jump off the bed to go running after her to thank her because I could feel alive again. I could feel him when he came in my heart. And I look real seconds. I look and I can't find her. So I go to the nurse's station and I said, it's nurse Nancy, what room is she? And I, I need to talk to her. And they go, they look at each other and go, there's no nurse Nancy here. She's a black little beautiful nurse with blue eyes. No, there's no such, are you okay? There's no nurse by that name. Mm-hmm. I knew God had visited me. I believe in God because I've been through a lot and I've seen a lot and I've been healed from a lot. So I have a relationship with him. So I've chosen because we have a free will. He gives us a free will to serve him or not serve him. But there's consequences for that. If you read the Bible, there's consequences for our free will. So I choose to serve him. I choose to believe in him. And I choose to spread to all those that want to hear me. And if they don't, I respect. Um, I don't force anything on anybody. When they come in here, I'm not religious. But you can see it all through my story. You can feel it with the music. Mm -hmm. I pray every day before I open and I invite the Lord in. Look at on top of my, that little red sign. It says, Jesus, I forgot what I wrote up there, but in the back and in the front door, it says something about it, Jesus. Oh, it says in Jesus' name. Yes, everything. Mm-hmm. This is his. He's my boss. He's going to bring the customers from the north, the south, the east, and west. He's going to put it in their mind to come to this store. He's going to put my name out there because every day I decree and declare. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Ezekiel 37, he tells the prophet, look around. The prophet looks and he says, what do you see? He says, nothing but dead bones. It was a metaphor to teach us. He says, prophesize and speak because everything that's dead, if I breathe on it, it'll come to life. So decree and declare, prophesize over it. So what do you think I do in here every morning? I call him in, his spirit. I invite his angels to protect and to watch over us. And I said, do your thing, God. Let's dance, Holy Spirit. I will dance with you, whatever you want to do today. And in between, we'll sell some product. Mm -hmm. But it's all about him. And then when I close that door... I come and I hit the register register, and sometimes it says I made a buck and I'm grateful. I said, I thank you for the dollar. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. Then there's days I hit a thousand 
I'm always grateful because he's got me. It's all about teaching me faith and trust in him and helping others. And so that's what I'm about. I teach it to my family. I teach it to everywhere I go. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm a giver. If it be money, if it be gifts, because I have the language of love, my five languages of love. I have them all. I love affirmation of praise because I give affirmation of praise. Mm-hmm. I'm a gift giver because I love gifts. <laughs> but every time they give me something, I end up giving it to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> my That's husband funny. bought me diamond rings mm-hmm. for 10 years straight. I am not cheap. You see, I don't even wear them. He bought me diamond rings. Every other Christmas, he would buy me a diamond ring. And then one day he stopped and I said, why did you stop buying me diamond rings? He goes, because every time a missionary came into town from Africa or other country, you would give them the ring because they don't own a lot. Mm -hmm. And I said, but that was from us. He goes, no, but that was my gift to you. So I'm going to stop giving them to you. So he didn't buy me a ring for a long time. And then he started about seven years later, he started buying them again. But now I don't give them away anymore because they're from his heart. But I'm such a giver. I don't hold on to material things. I'm always giving a donation or giving a blessing to somebody or I'm always doing something. If I have stuff outside and you're a good customer or you're going out, throw a soap in your bag or, you know, that's just who I am. And it's not because I want something. I love people. I really do. And when you're in darkness, I'll do everything I can in prayer to try to pull you out. I look at it like someone drowning and I have, you know, that, what do you call that round thing to say? Oh, um, I I know what you're trying to talk about. Yeah, the ones that I don't know the name of it. (laughs) Yeah, that looks like a... Yeah, all like a, a two, donut. Yeah, yeah like, donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, well, I look at Jesus that way. Let me throw you Jesus. He's gonna pull you out, and that's how I look at life. Um, I, I think your approach to business is, uh, uh, to me so far, has been very unique. Um, whereas a lot of the other business owners don't, um, never did touch on faith, right? Um, there's a lot of, um, I'd say, um. Something, uh, uh, something about our society is that you don't try to touch the topics of religion or politics. You know, those are people that tend to stay away from. Um, but I, th- I feel like you're so um, secured with your mission and your faith. I mean, that it's really helped you and um, your growth. Um, and so to st- start wrapping things up a little bit, what would be those three pieces of advice that you could give um, to anybody, no matter their age, but who's interested in maybe starting their own business? Um, what would be those three pieces of advice? Prayer, purpose. Be adaptable and flexible is number one. Run run no matter how high the mountain looks and how scary it looks run and have faith god will provide if it's a god idea i tell him like this if you prayed and god told you then he'll back it because if he didn't give it to you then i wouldn't move but if he says go that means the bank will take care of you in heaven he'll back you every time has it been easy no every turn was hard But God backed me all the way because God don't want to just give us everything. 
because then there would what would be the use we would need him he wants us to strive to know him personally and trust him with all our hearts so it's difficult building building's never going to be easy but if you have an idea run with it and don't be afraid but make sure god's included on my life i can't talk for others but for my life and i teach it to my family and my husband teaches it to us i'm a submissive wife i believe in submission the bible says to submit to all authorities over you i didn't pick trump but i'm not going to talk bad about him i'm going to pray for him because god picked him for whatever reason he wanted him to be the president. Do I like how he does things? No, but I'm not gonna talk death over him, but I'm gonna lift him up in prayer and hope he succeeds and pray that he does because if he succeeds, I succeed in the nation. And that's how I look at life. Don't down anybody in their ideas and their creativity and their faith. Um, not everybody's gonna believe like you and they're not gonna have the same Religion. I'm not in a religion. I'm in a relationship with Jesus. But I'm not going to go put down someone else's. Hopefully that we have, um, I believe, to agree to disagree conversation. I'll hear you out and you hear me out and we stick to what we believe, but we can still communicate. And hopefully maybe one of us will rub off on each other, right? But I hope, I always believe I'm going to be the one to rub off. We all think that, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. I believe that everywhere I put my feet to walk, I'm going to change the atmosphere. I'm not going to be pulled down, but I'm going to pull others up. If I stay up with Christ, then I'm going to pull people up with me. I don't believe in tearing no one down. I believe that God will be pleased if I lift people up. So I, So you're asking me, have faith, run, and be adaptable to build and get creative with your ideas. And there's nothing that you can't make into a business today. Everything, an idea can become a passion, a business. Just how smart are you to do it? Mm -hmm. And three, don't doubt yourself. People are always gonna talk bad about you. There's always naysayers. Don't listen to them know who you are i know who i am i'm confident people say no you're conceited no i'm confident as long as my god says i can do it and my husband says run with it and my kids are mom we got you no one can tell me no wrong yeah. right i even pray about the darn cat that's in my off <laughs> in my store right now that's tearing up my store but i don't want to hurt it I prayed for the cat last night. I said, Lord, I don't want this this cat in here hurting and not eating, but I don't want him destroying the store. Let him be captured and take him out kindly, Lord, please, in Jesus' name. That's how I think in life. Always look at the good of stuff and not the bad. And when people complain around you, because they will, we're in a dark world and not everybody's in a happy, joyful place. There's some bad situation like the fires, loss of life. Contribute, contribute in prayer, contribute, volunteer, contribute in your money, contribute because you never know when your turn might come and never point your finger at others. Because as you're pointing, you might have a whole bunch pointing at you. So it's best to keep your mouth shut 
check your own heart out daily and make sure it's walking right with God and with others and you should be in a good place. And when you do see bad things, do what Jesus did. When they were coming to stone the woman because she was caught in adultery, what did Jesus do? He knelt down and he began to write. He didn't even look at their faces. And he didn't look at hers. They were all guilty. She was guilty and they were all guilty. So he says, I'm not going to look at their faces. But I'm going to show grace and mercy. I'm going to kneel down. I'm going to begin to write. What did he write on the sand? I don't know. But he could have been writing, hey, Pablo, I've seen you at her house. But he wasn't saying it. You know, you don't know why she's committing adultery. Maybe she had seven kids to feed. For whatever reason, it was wrong, yes. But he said, sin no more. He goes, the first one that is not guilty, go ahead, I'll step back, you throw the stone. You be the first one to, if you have no sin in you. They all begin to drop their rocks one by one because they all were sinners. We're all sinners. The only good one is Jesus. There's not one good person on earth. So they dropped their stones and he looked to the woman. He goes, you're forgiven. Sin no more. Mercy and grace. So that's what I try to do daily. Show mercy and grace. As we're wrapping up this episode, there's still one more piece of advice that is very important, which is that what you've learned today doesn't necessarily just have to stick with you. And teach it to your children's children. You know, I have a seven, I mean, an eight year, she just turned eight, granddaughter. You know that she has her own business. She has her business cards. She has her own product and she teaches herself daily. She watches the videos daily, how to make her product. Know your product, know what you're selling, know your audience, know who you're trying to impact. You know, we are in a city that's building right now. People are flocking because we're still affordable here. You go to the Bay Area, you're looking at 800 to over a million in homes. San Jose is another one. So they're flocking here. We got to stop thinking small. God's a big dreamer. He's, there's no limits to him. In our city, we got to start thinking big because they're flocking here. We got to start, who do we want to target? I want to target the young people because they're our future. We old dinosaurs are dying off. We need leaders rising up and we got to let our young people rise up and don't put them down. Oh, that generation. I hear that constantly. This generation is so lazy, they don't know, they're not. They just don't do things the way we used to. They're doing it right and fast. We did it the hard way. They got education and they're smart and they, they, know, how to, they know how to work smarter, not harder. So I'm for the young people. I'm always applauding the young people. And I wrap myself a young, around young people. They make me feel young and they interject their ideas in me. And so I love the young people. I was a children's director for 25 years. I'm all about kids. Mm -hmm. And so teach it to your children's children. If you have an alcoholic father, most likely there's gonna be alcoholics in, in the family. If you have a molester, there's gonna be some molesters. But if you have entrepreneurs, education, they're gonna be in your family as well. Stop complaining and bring change. If you don't like the way your children act or do, then you be the change. Sometimes we complain about our kids, but we implemented that behavior in them from when they were little. 
You know, if you have children that are always constantly cussing, well, maybe you were a cusser all the time when growing up. You can't just point the finger at the kids. The parents need to point at themselves. What did you teach them? What was the atmosphere of them bringing up? I dedicated my children as newborns. Are they perfect? No, they went through their teenage stuff. But instead of me letting them be in the streets, I had half the church and half the neighborhood at my house because I was always cooking. Ask, ask young people that know me, they were always eating at my house because I wanted to know where my kids were and I wanted to know who they were hanging out. So instead of pushing them away and saying, I don't want all these young people here, because if I don't teach them, the world's gonna teach them. So I invited their friends in and I let them stay at my house, but I watched like a hawk. I watched them <laughs> I watched and them. I prayed for my kids. I have five pastors in my house. I think we've done pretty good raising our children and I teach a lot of parents raising children, but it starts when they were little. If you want them to walk right, keep them in church. If you want them to have understanding, teach them the word and faith and be proactive. Teach them the word of God. It shows so many mistakes and it shows the good, the ugly and the bad, but it shows what the outcome's gonna be. It's always good. So teach them that. And I was very strict. I didn't allow them to date. And when they started dating, they had to have chaperones. They didn't like it. And I was considered too strict and I was old fashioned. But look at them today. And now they thank me, my children, for the way I was. Now they're raising their children. They're stricter than I was. But those kids are gonna be good kids because now they're learning music. My children are in worship. 22 years on the same worship team. One's a guitar player, one's a drummer, one's a song leader. And their pastors, and their assistant pastors, and their youth pastors. Their children don't got a chance of lying and stuff because youth pastors been youth pastors for 22 years. When they turn, they're 11 and eight. When they turn teenagers, they heard every excuse a teenager can, those kids ain't gonna have a chance. But they're teaching them music now so they can be on the worship team. See the next generations starting to rise up. Your generations will be bad or they will be good at what you teach them. I think that we are always teaching. Even when you think nobody's looking, who are your students, your family? If you can't have order in your home and a good family, then how are you gonna teach anybody else? That's what we gotta get ourselves in order so God can use us to help other people. And that's the end of my conversation because I can talk to you, you young man, all night long because I love conversation. Well, no, well, thank you very much. I think that ending really wraps it all up on um, also to just reflect on ourselves and, you know, try to help others, not only others outside of our family, but even the young ones as well. So I think you made a really good point of thinking a little bit ahead of, you know, it's it's what you you know what you have at your own home. Thank you so much for your time, and you know thank you for for being able to share that knowledge and that experience, um, because I think it's you know interviews with people like you um, that really help other people who are interested in starting their own business, uh, really to help them in whatever struggles that they're going through, um, and so maybe they needed to hear this, um, and so thank you so much. A special thank you to Linda from The Nested Owl in Manteca, California. And a very special thank you to you for listening to today's podcast. This podcast is produced by Triple C Digital Media, a marketing agency who wants to help your business grow online. Make sure your business ads are seen on social media platforms as well as different search sites like Google. 
You can find the business information at triplecdigitalmedia.com forward slash Central Valley Hustlers. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast from wherever you're listening. This was an episode of Central Valley Hustlers. We will see you next Tuesday.